Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Overtime Open Line is brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Now, from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Right wing gathered by Granlin in over the line, waiting, drop pass, Riley, shot, save, made by Talbot, rebound, back door and picked up by Strom and cleared safely back to center. Cam Talbot is back and he's in the win column. He missed the last seven games, but he backstops the Oilers to an afternoon victory, 3-2 over the Minnesota Wild. Talbot with 29 saves. Milan Lucic with a goal and an assist. Jesse Puliyarve with the game winner, and Ryan Nugent Hopkins scored shorthanded, his team leading. 13th goal. Thanks a lot for tuning in this afternoon. It's 2.59 along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. You can get us at 780-496-0063. Quick update delivery weekend for 6.30 Ched Santa's Anonymous. Today went well. No more deliveries needed today. Starts again at 9.30 tomorrow morning, 12122 68th Street or santasanonymous.ca. Well, Rob, I'm going to jump right in with the fourth star of the game. For Missioner Allen Auctioneering, check out maauctions.com for industrial and automotive sale dates. I'm going to give it to the winning goaltender, Cam Talbot. Yeah, I I agree. Uh, You know, the thing that you, you look at Cam's game today, there were no fantastic saves there was no lunging for something making something that you remember at the end of the night and that shows you that cam talbot's on his game because what we saw in the last couple of weeks when when Brassois was in the game there's a lot of blocking of pucks what we saw tonight with cam talbot there's a lot of swallowing of pucks when there was a shot from the outside and it came on net he absorbed the puck and there was no rebound which means no second chance and it helps out the other's defenseman with Brassois, we were seeing a lot of blocks with the blocking the puck, but he's giving a rebound and a second scoring chance. So uh, Cam Talbot was solid tonight. He looked very calm, looked very in control, and that's good news for the Oilers. The Oilers' penalty killing has been a story mostly for the wrong reasons this season, but it's been pretty good on the road. They go 4-for-4 four four on the kill today. They get a shorthanded goal, and I mean, it's just such a wild discrepancy. Their road penalty killing now up to 84.1%. That's top 10 for all the away penalty kills. We know what it is uh, at home, barely above 50%, but uh, they were able to get the kills today. They were, and at important times, too. The Oilers had, or excuse me, the Wild had two power plays in the first period, and we've seen this year when the Oilers chase a hockey game, they struggle. And tonight, Minnesota had a couple times to go up in the game on their power play in the first period, and they didn't. Eventually, getting scored against uh, on the Nugent Hopkins 2-1-1 goal from Cassian, shorthanded. So uh, a much maligned, shorthanded unit, to me, looked much more confident tonight. And I don't really remember a whole lot of great opportunities that the Minnesota Wild had on their power play. So tonight, specialty teams and goaltending for the Edmonton Oilers was better than the Minnesota Wild, and that's why they won. 3-2 Edmonton takes it. 780-496-0063 is how you can reach us. We have Tony on line one. Good day, Tony. 
How's it going, boys? Pretty good. So, I have a question for you, and honestly, it's because of one player today that, you know, he's been really on fire this season, and I know I might get a lot of hate for this, but Nugent Hopkins, you know, when Everly was still with the team, it seemed like Nugent Hopkins wasn't getting as many chances because, in my opinion, uh, Everly was too busy looking for either the, you know, the nice move or just the hard move that, you know, you shouldn't do. Do you guys think that if Everly was still on our team, Nugent Hopkins would be doing as good as he is doing this year or no? I, 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 uh... I think he would be. I mean, if you look at what Nugent Hopkins is doing this year, a lot of it has been with line mates that haven't been producing at the same level he is. And, and tonight he scores a goal, and uh, his line mates tonight that he played the most of the game with, Camilleri and Maroon, you didn't really notice them tonight. Uh, Nugent Hopkins had uh, some very good success with Jordan Eberle as a line mate. So I, I don't think Ebbs, whether he's here or not, is affecting what's going on with Ryan Nugent Hopkins. I think Ryan Nugent Hopkins has taken a step forward this year. He hasn't been the Oilers' best player, but he's been, as Reed and I have said, their most consistent. You know what you're getting out of him each and every night, and there's been improvements. He's getting his shot away quicker. Hence, he's leading the team in goals. His face-off percentage, one thing that he was just, he was terrible at for years. His face-offs now are at the point where you feel confident putting him out there in face-off situations a lot of the time. So, yeah, Ryan Nugent Hopkins has had a nice start to the season. Uh, and he's been a driver of whatever line he's had, whoever he's had playing with him. Uh, he's been the best player on that line. So uh, I, I don't I don't even think, I don't even know bringing up Jordan Eberle's name when it comes to Ryan Nugent Hopkins. I think let's just uh, like the fact that Nugent Hopkins is taking that step that everybody wanted him to take. He's now taking it this year. And uh, my second question was, you know, people are saying the fact that, um, you know, Drysaddle hasn't been on the scoring sheet very much lately because, you know, of the line switches. Do you think, do you think that, just because, do you think that we should maybe do a line change for him so that people will stop saying, oh, you know, he's not worth the money that we just paid for him? Well, I, I don't think that Todd McClellan or the coaching staff is going to uh, change lines to appease people who are criticizing Leon Dreisaitl. I honestly, Reed and I talked about it before the game. I would like to see Leon Dreisaitl play with Nugent Hopkins for a while and see what Nugent Hopkins can do with a, a player with a, a very strong offensive pedigree. Um, but with the team playing as well as they have, and they've played five very good games in a row. They, they, I mean, the record's 3-2, and two, but they, they should have been 4-1, and one, if not 5-0 and oh in these five games. So I don't think you're going to tinker a whole lot with the lines. And the coaching staff, they, they don't look at what is being written about a player, what's being said about a player. They are simply looking at how their team is playing and how that player is playing when they decide what they need to do. Dreisaitl got an assist today. He has 23 points in 29 games on the season. Nugent Hopkins coming into today, Rob, 51.2% in the face-off circle. And today he goes uh, 6 out of 14 for 43%. So he'll drop by 0.1 or 2 probably so, but fi- on the season. Almost 52%. Now, Nugent Hopkins, I don't know what his career coming into this, but he was seemed like it was always in the, the mid-40s. So huge strides forward. And when you're a good offensive player and your team starts with the puck after a face-off, it helps create more offensive situations. And as we've seen this year, he's capitalizing on, on his chances a lot better than he had in the past. Well, and, and I think, too, for Nugent Hopkins, Rob, he when he's on the ice, he always seems to be around the puck. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, several times today... 
you look first forward back, uh, take, turning a three-on-two into a three-on-three, getting body position in front of the guy in front. And I'm not saying he was the only Oiler doing that today because I think they checked pretty well, but he's been consistent with that all season. Well, when, for especially early in the year, when, when it was Dreisaitl playing with McDavid, McDavid had uh, and Dreisaitl, both of them had an advantage that they didn't have to be the first guy back because either one of them was capable of playing down low in their own zone. Nugent Hopkins hasn't had that luxury all season long simply because he played with Lucic and a number of players on his right side and neither one of them is strong in their own zone down below the goal line. So Nugent always had to make sure he was the first guy back. Now he's with Maroon and Camilleri. Again, neither player is known for, for being a strong defensive player down low and that's hard being a centerman. And Nugent Hopkins, so he now he has to be the first guy back and working the hard areas down low. And a lot of the times you see Nugent Hopkins, he's the guy behind the net in the opposite end, keeping plays alive, back pressure on guys, trying to create things with the takeaways. And he's been, he's been very, very good with that. And you're also seeing the offensive uptick that we had hoped for him. And it kind of had stalled after his rookie year. Well, now he's taken some steps forward. And again, we got to reiterate that he has not had guys any night where the other line mates were driving him. Mm-hmm. Most things that have been created this year with Ryan Nugent Hopkins have been created by him. 13 goals for Nugent Hopkins. That leads the team. The Oilers win 3-2 in Minnesota. Nugent Hopkins had a shorthanded goal tonight that ended an Oilers goalless drought of 91 minutes, 29 seconds, going back to late in the third period against Columbus. The Oilers now have six shorthanded goals on the season. You may have heard Jack mention it tied for the NHL lead, and they've done it all in the last 16 games. Six shorthanded goals in the last 16 games. Well, I, I think the penalty killing has gotten better. It certainly doesn't show it in the standings because they were so far behind everybody. They become more aggressive and just and smart. The, the one thing they have when they, as we've seen, we've seen a lot of McDavid, a lot of Dreisaitl, a lot of Cassian, a lot of Nugent Hopkins, and, and then you'll see a Kara out there and a Latestu, guys that are, are, are smart and guys that are quick. And they know when there's a turnover, they're jumping. So they're taking, not even a chance, but they understand what's going on. And on the Minnesota Wild play today where Minnesota Wild get caught in too, too far deep, as soon as Cassian gets that puck, Nugent Hopkins is gone. And Cassian, uh, very methodical coming up the ice. He knew how much time he had. He knew where the defender was. And as soon as Suter creeped a little way towards him, he threw the puck over to Nugent Hopkins, who got it off very quickly. So uh, a, a shorthanded goal seems to me to be more than worth just one goal because it not only the goal on the scoreboard but it deflates the other team's bench and the Oilers did that taking a one nothing lead well let's look at the shorthanded goals they got one against Vegas they won they got one in Dallas they lost they got one against Calgary they won they got one against Philadelphia they lost got one against Columbus they won and got one today and they won so four and two are the Oilers mm-hmm. when you score a shorthanded goal well Bob was asking earlier we do the I don't record. know what it would be legal I, well I actually went on I tried googling it but Mr. Google didn't come back with an answer with me probably have to go through the extensive sorting process on NHL.com Oilers win today 3-2 against the Minnesota Wild their first matinee victory of the season in five tries they are now 9-7-2 and two on the road They've also won seven of their last 12. Still got a lot of work to do to make the playoffs. Hopefully now home ice can be somewhere they start getting a few more wins, just 5-10 and 10 at Rogers Place so far this season. The three goals this afternoon means a $75 donation 
to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation coming from Booster Juice, an oasis of fresh just in a fast-paced world. Booster Juice giving $25 for every Oilers goal throughout the season. You can track the total on 630ched.com slash Oilers. It is $2,350. We're looking for somebody to finish the play at 780-496-0063. We have some open lines for your calls as well. Uh, Milan Lucic gets a goal and an assist today. Rob, I mean, uh, we we hear a lot about him. He can. Uh, we hear from a lot of fans. He can. He can be a frustrating player at times, but he 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 finds ways to hit the score sheet. And again, you look at his eighth goal tonight, right? So he's on pace to probably get high teens or twenty. 24 points in 33 games. You know, on pace to get 50-ish again. So. Um, you know, he's he's moved up there. Maroon was off in McDavid's left winger. Uh, Lucic has moved up there. And I thought his uh, assist today, looked like, it looked like a harmless, not, not even a two-on-two, maybe even a one-on-two at first, turns into a two-on-one with Puglia Yarvi, and that was the eventual winner. Well, Milan has got strengths and he's got weaknesses. Today we saw the weakness, and that's his puck movement. He has a two-on-one today and ended up completely whiffing on his pass and turned a two-on-one into nothing. Where his strengths are is his size and his ability to go through people. And tonight he has a, it was, it was a one-on-two. And I'm not sure Pugliarvi would have jumped up as quickly in the play if it stayed a one-on-two. But uh, Dumba comes across and tries to knock him over, bounces off him, and all of a sudden a one-on-two turns into a two-on-one. And as that one, as Milan talked about after the game, that one he made a good play to Pugliarvi. So, uh He's going to, Milan is going to do what he's going to do. And everyone thought when he first came here, you know what, he's playing with Connor McDavid. He's going to be a 40, 50 goal scorer. Well, that's not Milan. Milan's always been a 20 to 25 goal scorer. He has about 50 odd points on a good season. And he's always played with good players. Mm-hmm. Like he, he hasn't played with a Connor McDavid in Boston, but he's played with a Creechie. He's played with a Bergeron. He's been on their power play. So he's played with skilled players. He is what he is. And I think what you've seen over the last probably 10 to 15 games is this is the way Milan needs to play, where he's aggressive, he throws a couple big body checks, and then he keeps plays alive just through brute strength, and tonight he did that. Oilers take it 3-2 in Minnesota. We have Mike on the line. Mike, welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Not too much, guys. How are you doing today? Doing well. You ready to finish yeah. the play, or do you or do you have a question for Rob? No, I uh, I don't. I was at my daughter's game this morning. I uh, didn't get to watch the game, and now we're under way to our son's game so oh my goodness I get it right all right well uh we're gonna looking to give you an eight-day parking pass to jet set you park brought to you by jet set parking park cheap and easy visit jetsetparking.com what's our clue today patrick Dry subtle, taken off his feet by Stahl. Lead pass left side, Maroon. Around Prosser. Centers, open man, McDavid to the net. Can't slam it home. And now McDavid's drawn a penalty. All right. Well, he didn't see the game. Um, better. Did, did the Oilers score a power play goal today? Yes or no? No. They didn't. They did not. That is correct, Mike. Mike's out driving around. This is who, who gives this prize away again? Jet Set Parking. Jet Set's gonna be really excited about me helping out all these fans here. Ah, that's fine. That's good. That's all right. Oilers take it three-two. Talbot back in goal. Twenty-nine saves. Alex Stalock, 
the wild goaltender for the foreseeable future. Devin Dubnik is week-to-week. Uh, Stalock making 26 saves. He had a shutout of the Leafs a couple of days ago. Nugent Hopkins, Lucic, Puglia-Yarvi, the Oilers' goal scores. Dumba ripping both home for Minnesota. Yeah, Dumba had a good game. But it was one that Bob, before the game, talked about the fact that the Minnesota Wild are not uh, a team where there's a lot of action. They're, they're a quiet team that way. Dumba did not have a quiet game because he scored two big goals. He was also the guy that Lucic went through and knocked flying and created a two-on-one. Yeah, that's the type of player that Dumba is. He, he doesn't really fit in with the rest of the Minnesota Wild at how they play, but he's exciting to watch. And the second goal he scored was an absolute bomb that Talbot had absolutely no chance on. He's now up to five on the season. All right, we have Will on line two. Hey, Will, go ahead. Good afternoon, guys. Uh, just a uh, good game this this afternoon there, we're finally getting the win consistently anyway, but I had a comment on the, the power play. Uh, do you think that uh, Pugliarvi might be you know, be utilized on a power play instead of uh, instead of uh, Latestu and, and I guess, is there do you sense any kind of uh, complacency on the power play because it's not clicking and I know that uh, in the past Eakins with the with the uh, swarm, he called it. You think that uh, be coming back anytime soon or trying something different? Well, uh, to answer all your questions, uh, the first one, I do believe Pugliarvi will get on the power play. I think he'll become a first power play guy. Uh, it'll be a matter of time. I predicted because we we read now we should do a shot every time we get this question and we'd be drunk on air most <laughs> nights because we get it every every game now. I said a few weeks ago that I thought by mid January you will see him on the first power play unit. He will get there. He's got that kind of talent, and it's going to come. Uh, the swarm defense was something that Dallas Aikens have, but it was in the defensive zone. Mm-hmm. It was a defensive zone coverage. The Oilers' power play, and there was a great example tonight. Uh, the Sportsnet showed a highlight clip of Leon Dreisaitl on a power play trying to make little passes from the goal line across, and they kept getting deflected because the defenders on the other team have four guys down because the Edmonton Oilers do not utilize their defensemen of shooting. And until the Oilers start getting a bomb from whether it be Benning or Clefbaum or uh, Ovitu or Secker when he comes back, they're not going to draw the defenders up. When you shoot from the point early in a power play, the defenders have to respect that. When they respect that, that means they come out higher to take the shot away. When they start coming out higher, now you can go down to your down low play and there's fewer sticks, fewer legs, and fewer bodies down low. But if you're not using that top high shot, the defenders don't respect it. All four of them sink low and now you're actually outnumbered down by the net. You're three offensive players against the four defenders. So the others must shoot more from the back point. And I mean, how many goals did Clefbaum have last year? 13? Something along that line? So I know they weren't all power play goals, but Clefbaum was shooting last year, which opened up a lot of down low plays for the Oilers' power play. And this year, there's not a lot of shots from to- up top, hence not a lot of power play goals. And I think with Pugliarvi, I, I know people hate to be told to be patient, but I, I, do, I do think they have to be patient. I don't think the Oilers want to give him responsibility or, or put him in a situation until they feel he's totally ready to, ready to handle it. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly he's playing quite well five-on-five. Five. He looks aggressive. He looks assertive. 
He knows where to go. He's a, he's around the net, which is which is important. I mean, his goal today, like you said, Robbie stopped on the net and, and got his own rebound as opposed to getting the one shot and swooping towards the corner and you leave a loose puck lying there. I, I think he will be there whether he takes Letestu off or goes in on the other unit or becomes a net front presence guy like Lucic and Maroon. I, I think he will be there. I just think the Oilers are being, I don't know if careful is the right word, but I think they want to make sure that one lesson is really learned and cemented in before they go on to the next one. Well, I think that they're looking at past experiences here in Edmonton where young players were pushed too quickly, given too much responsibility, and when they struggled in their responsibility, it affected all of their game. And as a a veteran, if things don't go well, at least they can, you know, look back and what what helped them get through something as a rookie if he starts going through a tough time he doesn't have that experience to get himself through it so uh Arvey is playing very well five on five uh they like the, what he's doing they like the fact that what he's doing away from the puck and that is huge steps forward then the next thing for him will be power play but it'll be when the oilers feel he's ready and not until then but i, I do believe it'll happen at some point this year and he'll get his opportunity when he gets he's got to take advantage of it and what we've seen from him in the last month has been very very good positives in both ends of the rinks and i think that's why uh the oilers are able right now to run three centermen because of players like pulley you've come up and allowed todd mcclellan to to utilize the three center rotation because pulley can play with Connor mcdavid oilers take it three two in mini let's go back there here is head coach todd mcclellan any starter, um, does it calm the guys? Do you see a ripple effect through the locker room? Well, it certainly does. Anytime you get um, one of your core players or key players back, uh, regardless of position, but maybe um, even more importantly in, in the pipes, uh, it's a calming influence. I felt our, our team didn't panic at all tonight, and they had a, a good feeling uh, with Cam back in the pipes. You made sure you went over to Jesse after he scored the goal. Just yeah, just. Well, he's he has scored a couple goals like that now, and and um, you know I quickly told him your game has changed. Before you'd be looping and and skating away from the net. Now you're staying in those areas and you're getting rewarded. And um, he had a big smile on his face. He, he understood, and if he keeps doing those things, he's uh, he's going to keep scoring. Uh, at the end of the game, there got a little hairy, but. Yeah, it uh, it uh, it happens. Uh, you know you're going to get the the push. Um, an odd situation to have a power play with with two minutes left, which allows them to stretch the game out a little bit and gamble uh, without the icing. So we were aware of that. Um, you know, and then they, you're not sure when the goalie's coming, uh, so you're not sure when the the net's going to open up. So it was it was tight, but uh, we handled it well and got the win. Yeah, and um, no, and, and and Alex, obviously we had Alex in San Jose. He's a he's a good goaltender, and um, he had a pretty darn good night. Uh, took a lot to beat him, and he looks confident in his net, but uh, found a way to get the extra one. Where's uh, Milan Lucic at just regarding the way he's playing and the way he's leading the team right now? Probably at his best right now over his, his year and a half with us. I think he's uh, he's one of those factors that we talked about in the locker room. You you have a, a sense of calmness around him, and he's he's leading the team um, on the ice, also verbally in the locker room, um, and uh, getting some good production out of him. So we're, we're happy to have him. Thanks, Todd. 
Head coach Todd McClellan, the Oilers improved to 14-17-2 and two with a 3-2 win over Minnesota this afternoon. And yeah, Jim Matheson asking about, and they showed it on TV, he went right over to Pugliarvi, spoke to him on the bench after his goal today. Well, and you, you, you and I were talking, what's he saying? And you could tell with his hand movement, well, he's telling him, good job, you stopped, you didn't turn away. And it sounds easy, but it's not. If you watch plays, uh, there'll be a guy going to the net and if the, he'll take the shot and he'll just keep going and 99% of the time he's going past the net and he's looking back to see if the puck went in. And we try to teach kids now in, in, in any drill, if you're a coach out there, any drill they do, no matter when they shoot the puck, have them stop on the net afterwards because that's where the puck usually is. If the goalie makes a save, you're going to get your own rebound. Now, huge advantage that a guy like Pugliarvi has is he's a big, strong man. So when he's got a defender pushing him, a lot of times the smaller guys get pushed further and momentum takes him past the net. When you're big and strong, hang out there. And he's strong enough, and we saw it the other night when he scored, was it the Nashville game? They scored at Columbus. Columbus. Columbus, again. He, he stood in front of the net, had a guy draped all over him, put it into an empty net. So a nice play by him, and, and nice, and we, we don't give him enough credit because he struggles sometimes with the playmaking, but a nice play by Milan Lucic, setting Pugliarvi up on that 2-on-1. On 3-2 the Oilers win. Whenever Edmonton scores five or more in a game, we turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630ched.com slash Oilers. Then you can print up a coupon for a free appetizer Japanese Village, three locations in Edmonton, downtown Southside and Northside. You can get us at 780-496-0063. We'll bring Darren onto the show. Go ahead, Darren. Hey, guys. How you doing? Pretty good. Hey, uh, I was just going to say exactly uh, listening to McCall in there. Yeah, it's pretty good. It was a good win. I was, um, when it was 3-1, I was kind of, you know, as weird as it sounds, I was kind of hoping they'd make another goal. Make it 3-2 and they kind of, just to see where the Oilers are holding on to that lead, but then they got the penalty so that can, didn't come around that way but I was really proud of the boys the way they did and you know like you're saying with McClellan touching a guy I know it was a little hard in McClellan a couple of weeks ago I think Brownie did, he didn't really agree with me but uh, I said he was a bit weak and I, I, I'm really seeing the, the other side of the others now and it just seems like the coach has got he's really got this team playing good uh, he's got four lines going he's doing a lot of good things and uh you know, I guess sometimes uh, you got to be a little hard. Sometimes, even just for me, I don't. I, what, what little I know, it just seemed that way. So I'm just really, you know what? The other thing I want to say, Brownie, yes, uh, last game it was four nothing. I just, I, I was on the road, and it just seemed like you were just, um, you know, they, they, they had a lot of things you said they needed to work on, and that. And I wanted to phone and say, you know what? I disagreed with everything you said on that game against uh, Nashville because if they played every team the rest of the year. At that pace, they'll win seventy-five percent of their games. They played a fantastic game. The goalie stood on his head. So, but anyway, guys, you, uh, keep up the good work. And uh, it was a good game, three-two. I'd like to see a few more three-two wins. And uh, my prediction is still is they're going to make the playoffs, boys. Right on. And, Thank, thanks. Oh, sorry, Darren. Okay. See you, boys. Okay, see you. That's Darren. 7804960063. It was that that power play late in the game. So Minnesota pulled the goalie early with, uh, I wrote down, 2.15 mm-hmm. left. It was in a, within a few seconds of that. And then Zucker got a penalty with 2.03 left. He, he cross-checked. Pretty easy call on that one. Pretty, actually, there were some touchy calls we weren't sure about both ways. I think yes, Oilers, I agree. I think the Oilers benefited maybe yeah. more so than Minnesota for some for some ticky-tack calls today. That wasn't ticky-tack. But that wasn't. No, that, was, that could have been four actually, minutes. They actually called it high-sticking. Yeah. But, you know, then you're wondering, there was a time McDavid skated over the blue line at full speed on the power play, 
Minnesota sagged back, and I said to you, and I was only half joking, Rob, I said, he should just skate all the way back yeah. to his own well, And you're right, especially someone like him, who's not only incredibly fast, but incredibly good with the puck on his stick. Um, I, I, and and I, I talked, we talked before, there was a game a couple years ago where Nashville was playing the Blackhawks in the playoffs. And the Nashville's up two games to one, game in Chicago, and same thing, Nashville gets a power play late in the game. And instead of just keeping the puck to the outside and not shooting and running timeout, a guy named Martin Erat tried forcing a pass into the middle of the ice. He gets picked off. Chicago goes down and scores shorthanded. It's, it's, it's funny. You would think a power play late in the game, the game, all right, the game's over. But because it doesn't happen very often, it's kind of strange for the players on the ice because they don't really know how to react to it. It's something that you never, ever practice. It, because it happens so rarely, mm-hmm. but something that should seem okay, the games we got a power play, game's over. Sometimes turns into much more than that, simply because you you react differently. Because okay, we're on a power play. Do I forecheck? Do I pull out? And the the defensive team's allowed to ice the puck, so guys are taking off. Yep. So it it created a little bit of havoc. And and like you you brought up, and and they talk about Connor McDavid uh, saves a point for sure as Niederreiter made a nice play going all the way around the net, and McDavid, who is a smart player, reads what's going to happen and gets over and stops the wraparound from going in. Oilers win 3-2 in Minnesota as we look at the advantage trailer rental scoreboard. Just one other matinee in the NHL. Rangers and Bruins are scoreless halfway through the first. There's an NFL game today, second quarter, Detroit leading Chicago 6-0. You're going to hear from Cam Talbot, who returns from injury and gets the win. we got Rocket, AJ, and a couple of Daves on the phone line. You're all getting in as well. It's Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Now, from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chan. Now has 13, McDavid with 12. Off the draw, Lucic rushes in left side, has Pugliarvi centers. What a save by Stalin, rebound, score! Pugliarvi banged it home, second effort, Stalock had it, and Pugliarvi kept going. And for the second time inside of a week, Pugliarvi is able to score on his own rebound. That turned out to be the game winner. Yessi Pugliarvi, sixth of the season, 8.32 of the third, put the Oilers up 3-1. They go on to beat the Minnesota Wild 3-2. The Oilers are 7-5 in their last 12 games. Win, loss, win, win, loss, win, loss, win, loss, win, loss, win. Playing better, though. I was actually, they are playing better. I was actually giggling. I'm looking at the, the the score sheets that we get here, and I'm like, why have they got tennis written on, on the thing? But Where? Tyler Ennis. Tyler Ennis, oh. when you put his, <laughs> when they have just the initial there, and I'm like, they got tennis. Got a yeah, actually, the fourth line for the Minnesota Wild, I thought was their most effective. Uh, Ennis playing with uh, Winnick and Stewart. Had a number of really good chances. But as you and I were talking, both Stewart and Ennis have been first-line players on other teams. Coming to Minnesota, they got some good depth. They play on their fourth line and were very effective for them. So it was this was a, a, an important win. And what I said to Bob after the game is so true. It is an important win, but it was an important regulation win. Yep. Because if they give up a point, I mean, you're only gaining one on them. Because this is a team that... One of the teams you got to pass. Yeah, you have to pass whether they're if they're a wild-card team. So uh, it, it helps you others move up in the standings. And now you... you you schedule watch tonight and see if the, the rest of the league can help them out by knocking off a couple of the Western Conference and Pacific Division teams. Well, the bad news is Chicago and Minnesota play each other tomorrow. They both have 37 points. 
and are the two wildcard teams. Dallas has 37 on the tiebreaker. They're the first non-playoff team. Uh, Edmonton now with 30 points. San Jose has third in the Pacific Division with 38. Oilers host the Sharks on Monday. Well, and so they're eight points behind, and after that game, they could be six or they could be 10. So that's why the games are so important. Uh, in, in the, this Western Conference and Pacific Division when they're head-to-head. It's important to get regulation wins, but it's certainly important to win the hockey games because a couple losses to teams that you're chasing throws you just so far behind. All right, we have Dave on the open line. Hey, Dave. Hey. Go ahead, buddy. Can you hear me? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, great. Hey, I, I agreed with uh, what you were saying, Brownie, uh, about... Uh, Puyarvi making uh, the power play, um, and that's a long time coming. My problem is probably with the coaching staff. You said they'll make the first line maybe in January power play happen for him. How come they're not trying him at least on the second line? Uh, you, you know, we, we got a, a guy in Winnipeg, Patrick uh, Laine, right? Yep. Great shot. Uh, I'd, I would put money on it that our guy, this young fella, has a great shot just like him. But the coaching staff in Winnipeg utilize their young Finn compared to ours, and that's the difference. We have nothing happening on that power play. And if a coach can't make that happen, it's time for a coaching change for the power play at least because to do the same thing over and over and have nothing in result, uh, it kind of it's insane after a while. That's my opinion. Well, I, I, I think it's hard comparing Line to Pugliarvi. I, I think line has got a, a much better shot than Pugliarvi does. Uh, I think that last year Pugliarvi did not have a very good start to the season. Uh, even and I know that he wasn't playing on the first power play, but he he didn't deserve to last year. Where Liney got off to a great start in Winnipeg. Uh, when it's all said and over, and both you look back at both their careers uh, at the end of it and look back, then you can judge who is better at that point. But but Liney he he looked more mature last year at the beginning of the season. Thus thus he got more ice time. I do believe that Pulleyarvi should be on the power play on one of the two, and he will get there. Um, I don't know if there's. We, we discussed it, Reed and I. We think it's. It, they don't want to put too much on the young kid's plate. I mean, he's only had what about ten games in a row where he's played at the right level that is needed to play at this National Hockey League. So if they put too much, if he struggles, how will he handle if the team's not struggling or if struggling on the power play? Will it wreck his confidence? Uh, so they're looking at all of these things. But, yes, he will be a power play guy. He'll be a power play guy here for many, many years because he does possess a shot. He probably has, well, I would I would think he probably has the best one-timer on the team now. Maybe Camilleri on the other side who doesn't use it enough, but I think he's got a good one too. We'll see how it goes. Rocket on line one. Hey, Rocket. Hey, guys. How you doing? Pretty good. Yeah, I thought this game was very, uh, you know, I thought everybody walked into Minnesota like I have a job to do and I'm going to be professional about it. And, you know, from from Cassian making that rip pass, I don't even know how Hopkins even caught that pass, but he not only caught the pass, he just snapped it like in all in one motion and just ripped it. And that's what you need to do. But, uh, yeah, that was a great play. Um, I thought uh, Lucic was very well. Everybody, like, Lucic is just a bulldozer. And I agree with you about uh, Ellis as well. I haven't seen much of him, but he's a quick little player. Oh, Ennis, yeah. 
Yeah, Annis. Yeah, yep. he's a he's a fast. Uh, he's a really fast skater. He really surprised me out there, and I thought that line was uh, was very dangerous, and you know, sure, certainly scared me when I was uh, watching the game. Anyway, but uh, uh, just one one question, and then a, a quick comment. Um, how are the other two defensemen doing? And is there a, is Larson coming back before Sekera at all? Yes, Larson and, uh, might. Larson could play Monday oh, with Sekera. Okay. I would think it probably might be the first game after Christmas would be more likely. But well, Lar- Larson should be back sooner. I think if they keep playing like this, and, and you know, my Christmas wish is to have a 500 record under the tree. So, <laughs> Well, if they can, if they can play at home, <laughs> I mean, five, yeah. of the, five of the six games in 2017 are at home. So if you well, go, don't, if don't you go four and one... Around before Christmas. Pardon me? No better time to turn it around than before Christmas. Absolutely. Rocket, thanks for calling. Yeah, you bet. Cheers. 780-496-0063. We should touch on the on the defense. Yep. Again. And and I asked Brandon Davidson the other day. I said, How does the your happiness about being back with the Oilers affect your play? And he said, I know it's a cliche, but attitude is everything. And he, he you know, he wasn't fitting in, in Montreal. Mm-hmm. He was a longtime member of the Oilers franchise, and he's come back, and I mean, he's playing better than he was last season when they traded him. He, Flat he, out. Nope. He certainly has. And uh, I think if you look at where he is marked on this team, and he's marked probably as your seventh defenseman, so you can throw in the fact he's played excellent. He, he's probably overachieved. And they feel he was playing, it was late in the third period, and he's still out there in a close hockey game because they've got faith in him. So I think uh, there was worries with Sekra being being gone at the beginning of the season. How are the young players like a Benning and Nurse done? And they both, after a little slow start for Benning, they both have been very, very good. It was Clefbaum and Larson that were the struggles. They found their game. And then it was Greib and Ovitu. You know what? It's it's tough. They're not playing great. Well, Greib has been out of the line. Ovitu's actually looked quite well. So the third pairing of Davidson and Ovitu, there has not been an issue at all with the two of them. And it bodes well when the Oilers do get healthy and do get their two stud defensemen, Sekka and Larson, back, that they now have um, options and depth so that if so, there is a, someone nicked up or if there is some reason you have to change, you're going to put a guy into the lineup. And to me, Davidson is, is going to be the next up. You can put a Davidson in and feel like there's not a whole lot of drop-off. Well, I think when Larson comes back, they'll take OV2 out. Yes, I agree. Played, he only played yep. 11 and a half today. There's yeah. a while... He, there was that one turnover he made, and then he didn't see him for a while. I, uh, Davidson, but, to know. me, is number seven on the team now. He wants everyone's health. He'll be the right. number seven yeah. defenseman. Ovi two will be number eight, and Grab will be number nine. It'll be interesting what they do. Because they'll have to assign yes. somebody, put on waivers. So, yeah, that will be a storyline for sure. Cam Talbot back in net, leading the Oilers to a 3-2 victory with 29 saves. Here he is. That's to kind of get into it, but how was it? Uh, yeah, it's nice for the guys to ease me into the game. Uh, but sometimes coming off an extended uh period like that sometimes you want early work but I mean uh, they kept the first few to the outside and let me get comfortable and uh, just battled out from there and, and uh, just tried to control the game and uh, like to clean up a few things rebound control that kind of stuff maybe some reads but all in all I felt pretty good coming back after two and a half weeks pardon me 
Yeah, I know those two rolling pucks to the middle, they're tough to read coming off his stick, and uh, he does have a good one-timer when he gets it off. I mean, those are just laying to him right in the middle of the slot there, but um, hard to hard to read that off his tape when they're wobbling like that, so give him credit for being able to shoot those two. Did you see the puck was going to him in the last minute there, winding up with that shot again? Yeah, I figured that, and of course you see number four, uh, biggest, biggest heart on our team just getting in front of that one, so... Um, you know, give him a lot of credit for that one. That, that would have been a, a backbreaker for us, but Rusty's always uh, there when we need him. What's the hardest thing you have played the well? Well, I guess I think just the reads and sometimes timing. A couple, especially in the first period there, I just wanted to shift on that one. Thought I controlled my, with my body there. Just kind of falls. Those are ones that... Um, you know, maybe if you're in a rhythm, uh, you just kind of hold on to it and eliminate any second chances. But I thought I did a good job battling throughout the rest of the game and cleaned some stuff up along the way. No, I felt great. Two and a half week vacation. Yeah, I mean, it had to happen sooner or later. I guess it's kind of a mindset, but I mean, we've played some good afternoon games, just haven't gotten the results that we wanted tonight. We uh, or t- this afternoon we uh, jumped on them early. It's a tough arena to play in, and um, can be tough when you get down against a team like that. So we did a great job jumping out in front tonight and uh, finishing them off at the end. Yeah, I guess we haven't done that as of late, but I mean, we've been playing really well and really good hockey as of late. And, um, you know, sometimes you fire pucks and come up against a hot goalie. It's just the way it goes. So um, we did uh, a great job of driving to the paint tonight, getting some greasy ones with Jesse at the end there, and a uh, huge shorthanded goal by uh, Cass and Nuge there. So um, great game by Elgin. Cam Talbot back between the pipes. That's our adjustment of the game for the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. A little bit of a joke there. Two and a half week vacation. I think it was not quite that relaxed. Is, but isn't he a father of young twins? He, yes. There, there's no such thing as a vacation. That I, <laughs> I've had young twins, and it's more time. It was much easier going to the rink. A lot less work. Oilers take it 3-2. We have AJ on line two. Hi, AJ. Hey, how's it going, guys? Doing well. Uh, I'd like to wish you guys a Merry Christmas because this is probably going to be the only time I'm calling in before Christmas. Um, great game. Um, I'd also like to say that, uh, you know, the Oilers have been playing really well lately, and it's too bad, like, some of the games they didn't get the results they wanted. But like you guys have been saying, you know, they keep up with that. It will work out. Um, what I wanted to uh, talk about was, I'm not too impressed with Patrick Maroon. I haven't been all season. And actually last season towards the end, even though we had a little playoff run and he did all right, I still wasn't too impressed with him. Um, He's just, he doesn't seem like he has the legs for the Oilers. And he, when he misses opportunities, he, he's very, he shows a lot of body language. And I don't know it. Like to me, I just, I don't dig it. Um, and I'd like to see the Oilers trade him to Toronto for Bozak because we need help on our penalty kill. And I think Bozak would be a great would, addition to the Oilers. Okay, you would, you would think that would be a really good trade for the Oilers, right? <laughs> you, you oh, know, yeah. Yeah, you know, well, guess, guess, guess what? If, it, if you think it's a really good trade for the Oilers, that probably means that the Toronto Maple Leafs are going to think it's not a good deal. You're not going to be able to trade Maroon for Bozak. AJ, your point is taken, though. I, I think Maroon's been quite quiet, especially... Uh, Since he's left or, Connor's left recently, side. Yeah, yeah. yeah, well, anybody can be in the right spot 27 times. You know, I can be, too, with Connor McDavid, eh? So, <laughs> so there you go. 
Thanks, AJ. Appreciate <laughs> yeah, it. You're welcome. Have a Merry Christmas, boys. Same to you. Appreciate you calling. More time uh, time for more phone calls. You're also going to hear from the Nuge, who leads the Oilers in goals, helps them beat Minnesota 3-2. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio. 6.30 chair. Hey, thanks a lot for tuning in this afternoon. It's a matinee victory for your Edmonton Oilers 3-2 over the Minnesota Wild. Cam Talbot back in net, gets the winner. Nuge, Lucic, Pugliarvi score. Dumba had both for the Wild. Rob Brown, Reed Wilkins, thanks for tuning in. We have Dave on line three. Dave, thanks for calling. Hi. Hey, uh, I just have uh, been listening for a while here, and it's been the same theme about a lot of people bringing up Pugliarvi and that. I got something else, but I think that, like, I like McClellan, but uh, I think he he's a little stubborn at times. His power play hasn't worked for most of the year. It's picked up a little bit lately, except for today. But he's not trying nothing new. And I know what uh, Rob's saying about all Pugliarvi's young, and you don't want him to lose his uh, confidence or whatnot, but not even trying them once. Like, you can't even throw them in for one power play out of six today. Like, you don't, uh, you know, throw them in two power plays in four games. Just to see. And the, the bigger one that, to me, drives me absolutely insane is everybody's fretting about platform. He's actually got a shot. And then you throw, oh, uh, Benning, and then, oh, we got Zekera coming back. What about Nurse? Like, Nurse is, like, leaps and bounds this year jumped ahead out of everybody. The guy is always pinching in. He rushes the puck. He's back in Sault Ste. Marie. He was obviously the quarterback on their power play. The kid has got brains and he's coming into his own. How come he doesn't get one minute on the power play? Like, I just don't understand. Like, it's just stubborn. That's all I see. Well, two things. First, first, uh, all coaches are stubborn. Every single coach is stubborn. Um, And I agree. I I would have had Pugliarvi on the power play. I would have. And whether it be on the first or the second, yes, I would have had him out there. I am explaining what I'm seeing with the coach, and it looks like the coach is going to give him a chance eventually. I mean, again, this is a power play that was top five in the league last year with the same players. So I think he's given them the opportunity to try and figure this out themselves. Eventually that'll stop if it doesn't figure itself out. As for Nurse, I I agree. Nurse has been excellent this year. I think he's... um, over-exceeded a lot of expectations. He certainly over-exceeded my expectation, but Nurse has a lot of very, very good attributes. And I think most of his attributes look to be in the defending part of the game, look to be playing top two minutes against the other team's best players. I don't know if Darnell Nurse um, sees the game at a power play level. I, I just don't. I, I, I think that he, if you watch when he transports the puck from the, his own zone to the offensive zone, and he's very good at it because his speed is, uh, is top-notch. But watch when he gets into the offensive zone. There's not a play being made. Most of the times he's either throwing the puck in the corner, throwing the puck on the net. There's not a lot of uh, passes where he, he uses the puck to beat somebody. So he, he has been excellent all season long. I don't see him being a power play guy for the Edmonton Oilers. Matthew on line four. Hey, Matthew. Uh, hey, guys. Good day. Good day. Um, just two things about their like recent success. I think it was one the when um, McClellan 
was yelling at them in practice. And also, uh, um, I think they just like understand they understand that it's like uh, when it's a must-win game, and then they play better. Well, well, they better treat all of them like that, Matthew. <laughs> yeah, but but yeah, I mean, uh, and, and I find uh, thanks for calling, Matthew. One thing I found interesting too was about the day McClellan uh, yelled at them. That was after the Philadelphia game, and Todd also said they designed that practice to have some really high tempo drills early because they'd been starting games so poorly. So they so to get used to when you step on the ice, you go. You know, yeah. you don't you don't stretch first or do a half-speed passing drill, you go. So then they started that drill, and it was a three-on-oh drill still, but they missed passes. And then he said, no one's checking us, so mm-hmm. you shouldn't be missing a pass. And I also loved what he said, other teams are getting better today. What are what are we doing? Yep. I, you know, I don't know if that's uh, the number one thing that, that has them playing a little harder lately, but I don't think it hurt. No, it doesn't. And he's not a guy that is very vocal that way in a, long, a lot of the time. So when he speaks louder, I mean, it's something new that maybe jolts the players a little bit. All right, we got Pat on line five. Go ahead, Pat. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Um, everybody had the preconceived notion going into this year that the Oilers were going to set the world on fire, on fire, on fire. And because of the ups and downs, which we're all getting accustomed to, and I mean, it's frustrating for us, so obviously it's even more frustrating for the team. They, they, they know what they're doing. They're, they're maturing. And I know it is. It's a downer when we see them play a couple of good games and then just go out and get bombed. But um, they are maturing as a team. Um, a lot of the talk today has been about Chloe Harvey. I had the opportunity to see him play down in Grand Forks North Dakota a couple of years ago at the World Under 18s. Uh, my buddy Scott uh, Stuart Skinner was there with Team Canada with Westbridge right now. In fact, the Oilers have drafted him, so hopefully yep. he'll be in a jersey one day. But Cooley Harvey was heads above everybody there. You could just see him controlling the play. And I believe it's maturity. It, it, he needs time. And yeah, I, I agree. McClellan's got to do what he's got to do to make it fly. But he's going to come into his own. I mean, he's done much better than, and I don't mean anything disparaging about Yakupov, but look at where Puliarvi is at this point. The other thing, uh, when you're talking about Nuge, um, we were all getting a little disappointed because, he, quite frankly, a few years ago, he looked like he was scared to go into the corners. Maybe that was a lot to do with some injuries he had, but now he is a universal player and he's doing more and more and I agree with you he's playing with guys of his own caliber that think like he does and the same same with Lucic we all expected him to do just phenomenal things when he came in but he is his own player they have their strengths they have their weaknesses and I truly hope that it all comes together in the next month or so maybe they won't make the playoffs maybe they will or it'll be a miracle but they are they are bonding. You can see they are stronger all the time, and I believe that the Oilers are going to be a contender in the not too distant future. Thanks, Thanks Pat. For- yeah, good thoughts, Pat, for sure. We appreciate it. Well, the thing about Puliyarvi, and, and I totally, he he will be on the power play. Yep. And I, I know people don't like hearing to be patient, but I mean, a month ago, we were saying, you know, we were getting a lot of calls. We well, can't have McDavid and Drysaddle on the same line. You can't have them on the like. 
they're going to be Oilers for a long time. Right now, they're McDavid and Drysdale aren't on the same line. They may need to be again at some mm-hmm. point. Pulleyarvi will be on the Oilers' power play. He will likely be there for a long time once he is. So you know, if it has to wait two, two or three weeks until it happens, or a month, I, I, I'm a lot, and I, and I understand the power play is struggling. Maybe I'm just a little more willing to wait for it than. Uh, than other people. I agree. I agree. I mean, if they put him on tomorrow, great. If they wait till January, great. I, I agree. Um, he's going to get his shot, and when he gets his shot, I'm sure that the Oilers want him fully prepared. So when he gets his shot, it's it's going to be not just for one or two times. That now that's his spot for good. So I don't think they want to put him there too early. And if he struggles, and you pull him back off, and he loses his confidence, I think they want to wait till the right moment. Oilers win three two in Minnesota. We have Elvis on the line. Hey, Elvis. Hey guys, that was uh, that was a fun game to watch today. Lots of excitement, and it's good to see them win a close game. Uh, also, want to say Merry Christmas to you guys. Just a quick question: What was wrong with uh, Slepashev today? Was, was healthy I mean, scratch? Quick drink. Healthy scratch. Okay. So my question is: Like, I I I don't think that uh, Drake Jula got a shot on net uh, today, and I don't know how badly uh, the last game I watched. Uh, it didn't seem like Slepashev played all that bad. Uh, and I get McClellan's just making some stuff. Can you guys see a trade coming anytime soon? I've been listening to those boys on CBC, and they keep talking about that Ottawa might shake things up like a Hoffman or something. Do you think the Oilers would try to reach out for that? Well, Hoffman's very good, and you're going to have to give up something very good to get him. I, I don't know. I, 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 have, I believe that Peter Shirelli is always looking to make this team better. And it's got to be something. you got to find a team that A, wants to get rid of a player that you want, and then you've got to have something that they want, and then the contracts have to work out each other. But I do believe Peter Shirelli is always trying to make this team better. Whether or not anything happens, I don't know. Mike Hoffman will make any team better wherever he goes. He is a very good hockey player. Mike Hoffman under contract for two more years after this one at $5.18 million per season. So you got to move out close gotta, to five million dollars. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, they might, they they could. They'll have nine defensemen once, assuming they're all healthy at the same time. Once Secker and Larson come back, but I don't think you're trading Gryba and Slepyshev for Hoffman no. unless Ottawa's really <laughs> selling everything off. But no, yeah, I, I know Elliot Friedman was on Oilers Now yesterday too, and he and he said, and he made the same point you're making. Shirelli and others struggling. GMs, yep. other teams of GMs of struggling teams are looking around, hard to, hard to find a partner. Yeah, right. The like Bergevin with Montreal, he's he's trying to do something. Ottawa, you know. Well, a good team doesn't want to trade someone from their lineup because they're playing well. So now you're trading from for a team that is also struggling. So you're probably getting a player that's underachieving. Uh, yeah, Peter Shirelli, he, he's not dumb. He knows where the Oilers stand and he knows that they need to be better. And there's certain areas they have to get better at. But those players aren't easy to come by, and you've got to have something that other teams want. And the Oilers really don't have a whole lot of players that they want to move uh, that's going to bring them something back. The players you want to move that everyone talks about are players that aren't going to get you much in return. Kajula did have two shots today. Um, he or Slepyshev right now, nobody's grabbing it. No, nope, That's too they, bad on that line. Kara grabbed it on that line and got promoted. Exactly, and he and deserved it. So you can move up from the fourth line if you play well enough, but uh, I agree. And, and Drake took a silly penalty at one point tonight, too. He took, you can't, as a guy that's in and out of the lineup, you can't take dumb penalties. Oilers win 3-2 in Minnesota. Good game for Nugent Hopkins. You'll hear from him when we get back. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Now, from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chan. 
The Oilers are now 9-7-2 on the road, beating Minnesota 3-2 this afternoon. Ryan Nugent Hopkins scored shorthanded. He leads the Oilers with 13 goals. We continue to rack up the shorthanded goals. Uh, what are you seeing from that unit? Um, uh, yeah, I think you touched on it. I think we're being more aggressive. Uh, guys back turn. I mean, we're a four-man unit uh, uh, going at them, so that's, that definitely helps when you're playing on your toes. And uh, a couple of good saves, too, obviously makes a huge difference. And, um, yeah, no, it's, uh, it's going a lot better, training in the right direction, so got to keep that up. You mentioned the saves. Just what kind of calming presence is Cam between the pipes when he comes back? Yeah, no, he's definitely uh, um, he's definitely a... Uh, a uh, good presence in there for us. I mean, he's a leader too. Um, um, but I mean, we rely heavily upon him for sure. And um, uh, he's definitely uh, he every night he uh, tries as hard as he can. So uh, makes you want to play hard in front of him. Nice play by Cass. He faked it. Yeah, no, it was. Uh, Great kind of uh, look off uh, shot there, and um, just gave me a, a great opportunity to just put uh, just put it in the empty net. Um, no, I guess I got to ask this again. Now you can build off this. You keep getting one win, one loss, one win, one loss. So you, you got to somehow keep. Yeah, I mean, I think um, obviously we want to consistently uh, keep winning and get on a roll. But um, our losses re- lately haven't been. Um, um, kind of the same as it was start of October, uh, start of November even. So uh, we're definitely playing a lot better. Uh, we're, we're a more confident team and uh, more consistency in our game. So we just got to keep that keep that rolling. And, uh, I mean, once in a while you, you have a clunker and you just got to re, uh, regroup and uh, uh, come back out hard. All right, that's Nugent Hopkins. Oilers are 14-17-2 on the season. We have Matt on the open line. Matt, you're on with Robin Reed. Hey, Robin Reed, how are you doing? Good. I think part of the reason on the uh, power play that uh, Latesta has to be out there is he takes most of the draws. Connor sort of struggles a little bit on the in the faceoffs, and uh, every power play starts obviously with a faceoff, and you don't want to lose possession. 65% of the time. Well, two things on that one. Latestu does take the draws when it's on his strong side, and he's very good on it, and Connor doesn't just a little bit struggle in the face-offs. Connor's having a bad year when it comes to face-off. The Oilers actually are a pretty good face-off team now. A pretty good yeah, face-off they, team, and Connor yeah, McDavid, his his stats are bringing them way, way down. So, yeah, yeah Latestu is there for face-offs. Way. Okay, thanks, guys. Yeah, and I still think there's something, and I know I said this last show and the, the caller got mad at me. I also think there's something with the way they bring the puck through the neutral zone that right now they trust Latestu to process that, process that better than they would Pudi Yarvi. They do. The way that, and it's amazing when teams learn how to stop a, 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 a team breaking out and bringing it in then the team on the offense comes up with a new wrinkle. And right now the new wrinkle is two players coming up, a lefty and a righty, and they come up with full speed. And the Oilers right now, they get in the in the offensive zone every single time when they do that. The righty on the team right now it, it, on that unit is Latestu. Again, there is more pressure if that's a Pugliarvi because a lot of the time when you're coming up, you're the last guy. And if you turn the puck over, it's going back the other way. Latestu does have the faith and, and the trust of the coaching staff to make the right play and the smart play at all times there. Plus, he's a veteran with a little more savvy. A Pugliarvi, I think there's a fear that maybe it might be too much from now. Again, this is short-term. What are we, 40 games into, 50 games into Pugliarvi? Hopefully a 1,200, 1,300-year career. Right. Yeah. So this is a very... Year. Uh, career, in his career, <laughs> so... <laughs> yeah, in his year, it's, but... It's, this, 
you, you can't laugh at me. That's it's Christmas ear. time. Well, um, hey, I make mistakes, but that was that was a good one. Yeah, but no one noticed. He played for 1,300 years. What a pick. That'd be really good, though. That would be cool. That would have been... Then they made the right choice, and Columbus really messed up if he plays for 1,300 yeah, years. Yeah, Dubois only going to play for 800. <laughs> he hasn't had the Christmas miracle juice yet. I'm having a party at my house tonight. I'll show you what that miracle juice is. Um, but yeah, Pulley Harvey, this is a small, small blip on his, in, in his career. So I, I, there's, if you go back at all the best players, and I guarantee you all these players didn't start out uh, Joe Thornton, for example, I played against him his first year. I, I can't remember what he had, like nine or ten points on the season. This is one of the best players that ever played in the National Hockey League. So uh, give it time. He'll get there, and when he gets there, I believe he's going to find a ton of success. Well, Rob, so now I find myself looking ahead and saying what I've been saying most of the season. Win a home game. <laughs> get going at home. Hey, you can't win three in a row unless you win two, so they need to win the next one. Monday night, the Oilers will host the San Jose Sharks. It's on 6.30, Chad, 5.30 face-off show. The game will begin at 7. You can get more on the Oilers page on 6.30ched.com. If you would like to help out 6.30, Chad, Santa's Anonymous, go to santasanonymous.ca. Deliveries will resume at 9.30 tomorrow morning. Thanks to Patrick Bauer, our studio producer. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. This has been Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. From the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre, Oilers win in mini 3-2.